our teacher got up and said, if you want to see the product of a failure, to try to inspire the kids, you know, to, to stay focused, you want to see the product of a failure, and so it would never be anything, or would never accomplish anything. His name is Vince Herbert. They said that? Yeah, in front of the whole student body, in front of the whole faculty, on the stage. You're listening to It's Larry G Radio, a podcast centered around story, motivation, and learning. Hosted by me, Larry G. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, musician, content creator, and marketer. Here, you'll find a mix of my YouTube and Instagram show episodes, thoughts on marketing and business, interviews and chats I've had, and much more. Today on the podcast, we have Mr. Vince Herbert. Vince and I work at the same company, except I'm in marketing and he's in the call center. I heard that Vince had a pretty inspirational story and wanted to hear it for myself. He was kind enough to share his story from sleeping on a sofa and being the laughing stock of the school to becoming a homeowner and becoming the manager of a call center. All right. What's your name and what do you do? My name is Vince Herbert, call center manager. Awesome. Um, so you were saying something about Capitol High and getting a skip, man. Yeah, I was getting a skip um, in the lunch line. And uh, the choir teacher, because back then, they had, I had the teachers make sure I was hardly, wasn't skipping, had a single row. And, and so when I was rejected, hey, Ralph, that was my best friend. Can you give me a skip? She heard me project my voice and said, young man, you have a voice. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to get some fried chicken. Uh, the line is moving. Let's stop having this conversation. like, um, do you ever, do you sing or do you uh, do any type of music? I said, no, man. All right. Um, can I go now? He said, but I hear some of your voice. I heard your voice all the way from the back of the line. You projected all the way up here. That's talent. I want you to come to the choir room and try to sing some music. Like, no, man, I don't do music. I'm thinking that was for sissies. I don't, I don't get into singing in choir. I, I might play an instrument. I did in middle school. I played the trombone, you know. But that singing choir stuff, that's not me, no man. It's your like. No, I'm going to go talk to the principal. So they called me to the principal's office and said, you're going to take this elective, inquire, and um, that's it. Because you need these credits anyway. Your grades been kind of slipping because, you know, you're missing class and all that. So it's going to help your credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, whatever. So I went to the classroom, the choir classroom. And they had this whole class with the majority girls in there. And so she played a, key, a note on the keyboard and said, all right, I want you to sing this note. Oh, and that's like, And so the girls were like, yeah, what is voice? And so I was like, I love the attention because I was a class clown. Like, you think that was cool? So she kept playing different notes and I was singing and make a long story short. That really started to change me, just that one teacher and that just shows the power of a teacher and seeing the potential in kids. By her saying, hearing me trying to skip class, get fried chicken, I went from trying to uh, goof off to end up being a soloist and going to district all-star 
um, all state and all city district to sing wow. solo. I sung Negro spirituals, I sung Latin and opera, and then um, musicals. I try to do it in the beast. And so all that started from this kindly um, Calvin High just hearing me in the lunch line saying, hey, you have a voice. And I, I think that really inspired me to try to do the same is uh, when you see potential in someone, even if they don't see it in themselves, to pull it out say, I see that. And don't take no for an answer. She stayed on me, made sure I came to class, made sure I stuck to that music. And I learned how to articulate. I learned different languages. And I've been able to sing on major platforms just because of that, that lady at Capitol High saw something, a young man who was a troubled child. And to fast forward from that, after she left the school, um, although I, my passion started being the music, I just focus on music, music so much. It goes back to what I was saying before, you still need to have a discipline. Life still goes on. I still should be going to class. I still should be studying. But all I want to do is just hang out in the bar room, learn different music, and sing, and think I'm going to be this big star one day, you know? And, uh, which which is good, but reality is you still need to have that plan A or B education. You still need to have um, a high school diploma, um, which I did not get. I dropped out of high school. And we used to have, back in high school days, they used to have rally or something like that. All the, the whole school gets together and the principal would talk and the teachers about different division where we are as a school. And I remember for when they had the whole school get together in the auditorium, um, when our teacher got up, they said, if you want to see the product of a failure, to try to inspire the kids, you know, to, to stay focused, you want to see the product of a failure, and so would never be anything or never accomplish anything. His name is Vince Herbert. They said that? Yeah, in front of the whole student body, in front of the whole faculty on the stage. And I was at home, you know, watching cartoons or something. And so I got the phone call, you know, you know we didn't have cell phones, everybody was ringing my phone. Man, they just, just blasted you in school. Like, you are the idea of a failure. You are the role model of failure. If there was a yearbook picture of best most likely to fail, it would be you, man. Can you believe your choir teacher said that? The only one that you believe in, the only class that you really focus on was music. And the music teacher said you are nothing. And so that really impacted me, although I didn't I tried to be not sure about it. But um because although you may not have a dad, but you kind of look up to different people as a role model. And like I said, my passion was music. And when Miss Lee left, he was the new teacher. And so whatever he said, I kind of like looked up to it for him to say in front of everybody that you are nothing, you won't be anything. I didn't get a trophy or even a certificate at the end of the year. After most of the classes I missed was to focus on music pieces that he had given us. So that was kind of discouraging to say the least. And um, after that story, I went, when they had graduation, although I didn't graduate, I remember that night, just full of anger and bitterness, I bought a 40 ounce. Me and my other buddy who had dropped out of school. And we just sat around outside on the front steps, and drunk out 40 ounce and just hung out like, yeah, man, whatever. It is what it is. But my mom, she wasn't happy. She said, look, you have three months to either go back in school or get out this house and keep your own life. 
She was like old school. She was, I'm not gonna just let you lay around here and just and not do anything and just hang out in the neighborhood. And I was getting into all kind of promiscuous trouble. I messed with girls across the street and Ma had to come over there and talk to my mom. I just could have had uh, a kid and all they could just doing nonsense because I just went through that rejection, just just turned to a pivotal, just, okay, I'm a failure, all right, okay, cool. I give it all up, and I did. And uh, so my mom challenged me, said, man, I got three months. You need to get back in school, go somewhere, and get a job. And I don't have any money, I don't have uh, no education, I'm about to be on the streets, like, wow. You think it was all of that and the respect for your mom that pushed you to go back towards it? I think so. I think so. And um, also, when she got her first car and that was just like the, the big accomplishment of her own life. She never owned her own vehicle ever. So she finally saved up enough money to buy her sister's car. And so what happened at that point after she bought the car, she said, you know, I'm going to leave it here at my house for a couple of days. I'm able to afford to get insurance. She continued to push the city bus to get to work because she was just so proud to finally have a car after 40 something years of walking. So me, the bad guy, I said, I could drive this car. I never drove before. I took the car, I stole it while she was at work and I told her. And um, so when she came, I rent. Now that I told the car, I ran to someone else's house. You talk about a drive through, I went into someone's house. And you have no insurance, no money, and in these people's house, not their whole wall. And uh, so I remember my uncle was on the phone saying, like, Vince, just let him go. Look, now the car is total. You're back on the bus stop. You might be sued. He's destroyed these people's home. You don't have any money, you're barely making it now. I'm like, what are you gonna do about him? I mean, it's just, we, we just can't do it. So it just felt like everybody gave up on Everybody gave up, yeah. She came in the room and she burst out crying like, why are you doing this, man? I don't know, I'm sorry. So I wrote this nice little letter, like, you know what? The teacher said it, you're saying it, the family, you know, maybe this is my way of just exiting. So I, I had thought about the suicide. So I wrote my nice little suicide letter. I said, right, it's life is too hard, just as much as I'm out of here. So I wrote the letter as I went into the bathroom, got some pills, and I swallowed the pills, and I sat there and laid back in the And for some inclination, I said, if there is a God up there, you're going to have to just show me, approve something, because, you know, I'm out of here. This is just... I'm saying, what's life for? What's the purpose? You know, and um, I said that, do whatever, and um, say a little prayer. I didn't know what I was saying, and I'm gonna keep spinning the whole pills up. So I got so mad, like, man, I cannot keep this down. I can't do nothing right. And I never, never forget getting a phone call from the court saying that the people whose house I damaged, they were going to drop the charges. You know, not send me to jail or charge my mom all this money. So I'm like, hmm. I did say, if you will, give me a sign. So maybe that's a sign here. I might not keep trying to swallow these pills. And after that, my mom somehow found my suicide letter. 
if you're like, son, it's not that serious. I'm mad at you, but I love you. I want you to change. You don't have to do all that. And um, so, make a long story short, from from there, we just worked on like getting me over the depression part. Mm-hmm. And so, I went to school. I went. I joined this uh, business college, and uh, they say you get the best in typing and. Uh, Key operation and learn computer skills. We give you so much money. You get this much um, certificate, balloons, and a free cake. Like, wow, hey, I'm not working. Let's go for it. And I was the number one in the class. Like, wow, wow, are you serious? I'm the number one in the class here? And then from there, they offered me a work study working downtown. And I think that's how my career started. You know? banking and doing collections through that business college. So you can work here. And so I worked downtown collecting on student loans, to fault the student loans. Imagine that wasn't fun. Because now later you start collecting on auto loans, you know, like the repo man, like the show comes on. Right. That's fun, but you calling people about money, they you can't repo anything, so you gotta really be creative and know how to talk and persuade and pay you. So I was one of the top there downtown for the state, you know, some work study. So I'm like, wow, I can do this really? I didn't think I had that potential to impact someone to pay, you know? And so I stayed there the whole work study. Finished at um, business college. And um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to go to another level. I'm going to this major store called Mason Blanche downtown. And uh, they had like this corporate office. And it was the whole staff was dominant white. It was like 98% white. Um, college degrees. You could do they were very meticulous. I mean, for the wealthy, you're not going to work in here unless you have a degree or a lot of experience. you got to be sharp. Right. And so, of course, I didn't have any money. I borrowed 50 cents, I think, from my mom and grandma to catch the city bus. And I had on my starch white um, two-tone gray jeans. And we had this uh, express sweatshirt. Went on the corner. Car passed by. Splash water on my white starch. I said, oh, man. Man, that's like a movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I gotta walk back home. I just finally got down this street. It took me a mile and a half to get to the bus stop. So I finally walked, try to wash some of the dirt off the, the white part of the jeans. Went there and filled the application, try to hide the mud stains because I didn't really have anything clean. More, I thought I was very clean. So I walked in there, I didn't know any better. Everybody had on suits and ties. I'm in here with an express sweatshirt and jeans on. Mm-hmm. Still put the application in. After about five times. And they said, they, they called security. The HR person said, if you come back here one more time, we're going to call the police. You do not qualify for a job here. You don't have what we're looking for. Um, so, sir, um, we advise you to stop coming to our um, location, to our office. Okay. And um, so they followed me out. And, but I said, if I, if the Lord allowed me to stay alive and to, to survive the suicide and to survive all that and to show the talent, I said, you know what? I believe I can do this job. And I, I persisted, persisted. But you have to start somewhere, although I was inspired to have that corporate job. And so what I ended up doing was babysitting take care of now my godchild who's doing great. She has her own kid now. It's another story. But I ended up babysitting, making $20 a week just to have some kind of cash. And I remember like 
hold her in my arms. I'll never forget. I remember like yesterday, I was like, you know what? I don't want you to end up like me. I want you to stay focused and do your work. You know, you're going to be successful. And I was all teary-eyed. And I remember the phone rung at my aunt's house. I said, we have been trying to reach a Vince Herbert. And this your number is listed as a reference on his application. And we, do you know him? Uh, I'm Vince Herbert. Oh, yeah, we've been calling you at your house. Whatever. And I just knew that had to be divine by the Lord for me to be at my aunt's house at that time and for them to try one last time to reach me. Right. It was the same company that said it's going to call the police on me. And the people who said they won't call the cops end up working for me. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. End up working for me. And when I got the job, I was the top employee in performance. The, the numbers were so off the chart, they had to pull my work. They called the customers to make sure this was legitimate because they never seen anything such as this. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting promotions from there and from there. That's impressive. That's, that's, that's really impressive. And the school that said I would never be anything, it said you are the most likely to fail. Which, you know, I dropped out. Mm-hmm. I understand the disappointment and all. That school called me for our 10 year reunion to be one of the speakers there, and I sung there. And wow. so, um, and it's continued. I was one of the main speakers, one of the main ones on the committee, although I did not graduate, although I dropped out. Mm-hmm. They asked me to be a speech to get speaker. And I think that was uh, inspiring for me to realize that no matter how far you've gone or the bad decisions you made, with faith in the Lord and with persistence and with um, just being diligent, no matter what people say, to still pursue your career and pursue your dream and to get over it and to get up and to move on despite all the odds against you. I think um, that really encouraged me. And uh, from there, um, from going to school, from back to school and speaking at the different schools, um, continue growing, growing up fast forwarding to that. Uh, I met some great people, some great musicians, and this uh, great pastor, local pastor. They're like, you know, you need to meet your dad. I've never met him in my life. Never knew who he was. Like, nah, I'm good. You know, hey, it's been a rough ride. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Working. Um, I have my own house now. The Lord blessed me to get a home and paid it off with two jobs. I don't have. No debt as far as a home or a car. I was able to, to buy it. So to go from sleep on the sofa with your grandma to not only me have my own house, my mom has her own home, my sister has her own home. Pretty much they're almost paid off. Mm-hmm. My sister and driver say they're doing very much better than I am, but I'm just saying how to where we began, to where we are now, of course, we give the glory to the Lord and to. We still love one another despite what was going on. We kept the love for each other. And we love people. And um, I think that's what, and staying humble, you know, not feeling like you're all that humility. So I say, okay, I'm going to meet my dad. Today's episode of It's Larry G Radio is brought to you by me. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please share it with someone who you think would benefit. I believe in the power that one person's story can change someone's life. And now, here's the rest of Vince's story. At that point, you know, fast forwarding, so I did um, 
go back to school. I did end up getting my GED. And um, it was held at this church called Bethany and Baker. Never been there before. So I was able to, I said, you know what, for me to go back to school and get my degree, I like to sing mm-hmm. for the class. So I was able to sing. They said they never had a student a student there to want to sing in the program. And so I did sing and gave my story briefly and got a stand ovation. And the ones who at the job at the time, they sort of have good ideas and how things can work in your favor. I didn't even have a GED at the time. The only education I had was at this business college, the certificate I got, and you still didn't have a diploma. So they had people there. Um, one of the teachers at the school, um, her husband worked at the same company, the one who put me out and ended up working there. So she was shocked, like, you didn't have an education? You ended up working there? And so, that was a part, like, because I try to hide that and keep that image. I had to wear the ties and the dress shirts and all that. And, um, and, this, and then studying, get my high school diploma, get going to this corporate job, and still studying, get my GED, and still focusing on numbers and production and getting a promotion. And yet, I'm studying, get a GED. And, um, so it was humbling when they found out that I didn't have it. I'm like, but they still accepted me. Right. And then, like, you know, like, we're not going to fire you, whatever. Like, they thought that was impressive. They knew it had to be some type of talent to be able to come this far and hear you at home studying to get your GED. And so I did share that on the stage at that church. And um, at that point, we were hanging out and saying, you never met your dad? Nah. So I looked up in the phone book. There wasn't such things as phone books. <laughs> so um, I couldn't find, I said, okay, I know his first name. I never met him. So I called this number in the book. It was um, similar to his uh, name, I guess. And it would be my brother. You know, so I found out I had four brothers. Wow. And uh, they invited me over. And I eventually... They said, well, who are you? I'm like, well, my name is Vince. Do you know so-and-so? Uh, yeah, but this, let me give you this number. So I called him, and uh, he didn't get an answer, so I got the phone call. And he like, were you trying to reach me? I said, my name is Vince. Do you know this lady used to work um, down the street, up North Street? Yeah, back in the day, a long time ago. You never knew she had a son named Vince? You ever heard of him? And he was quiet for a minute on the phone. He was like, um, yeah, what made you, uh, yeah, I know you, what made you hit me up? You know, whatever. I, he said, I'd like to come by and uh, meet you. and never, you know, see you face to face. And I'll never forget, here I'm a grown man, now successful, in my house, I have good friends. My girlfriend was there. No, she wasn't there yet at the time, but I just felt like I'm the top of my life. And the next thing I see myself, I would lean against the wall and, and tears going down. I'm like, man, what am I crying about, man? I'm like, so let's show you how you can still have that hole where you don't have the affirmation of the dad. And you, like, a lot of the problems a lot of kids go through is the absent father or they're in the home and yet still absent. And uh, so I said, man, you want to come see me? So I never knew we went and got the camera. We bought food from Albertsons, bought this whole sandwich tray and chicken. And I still have it on at home on camera. Um, I should have put it on, I should have posted it, but it was amazing. And so we bought all this food. And so my girlfriend and my best friend was there. And we were doing like interviews like, it's about to meet his dad, y'all. <laughs> 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 they tell everybody, like, oh my God. So I never get this car put up in my yard. It was raining that day. 
two men, two gentlemen, older guys in the car. And I never met him, so I'm like, uh, which one is, hello, I'm busy, which one you guys know me? So he stepped out the car, and, uh, and so he was telling me that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm your real dad and all that so we talked he said I'm so stupid. I'm sorry I'm not doing interview you know you know how to do the drama yeah. store like it's over I'm over it I'm cool because um, I did go to a lot of physical abuse with my stepdad because I wasn't his real child you know my mom got married and that's how my sister came and um he used to beat me and slam me, say you would never be anything too. He the same thing. He said, you know, you're not my kid, you get out of here. So that's what my dad was saying. So I heard, you know, that your stepdad was, he was very mean, abusive. And I didn't want to come around and have anything to start up anything. I was like, it's fine. My wife didn't want me to come over when I came in a way. Like, it's cool. I just want to meet you face to face. I said, yeah, he used to physically abuse me a lot because I wasn't his child. And like, he wanted to cry. Like, man, you had to go through all that? Because I said, it's cool, man. I said, before he died, he asked me to forgive him. He said, we love each other. And I spoke at his funeral the restoration. I said, so the, through all the abuse and all that, it made me a better person and made me like a man myself, a better man. I just want to see you. I forgive you. That you definitely my child. You know, a little thicker than me, but <laughs> y'all was slim. You know, very. He's a very slim man. Like I know that. That's cool. And um, so it was great to be able to have that conversation and to identify. Um, I was challenged in the young man to to meet your dad or your mom if you can. Um, you, you don't have that relationship before. Just we were there. I met you face to face. It really will give you some kind of affirmation. You think even though, even though it was later in life, you think it was really important to absolutely this story? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think that's one of the missing puzzles uh, to find out why. Although I act like I didn't want to know. Although we can't change the past, you know, but hey, at least understanding what happened, but still move forward. Mm-hmm. And um, even with the hurricane, he brought on some tarps and stuff like the supplies. I was able to sit and have um, dinner with his family. And so um, I think that was very, very uh, encouraging. And I really enjoyed that meeting the other side of my family. And so I've been, I've been blessed to know his side to meet them, but my mom's step parents, all of my stepdad's side, so the families who rejected me and say, um, Carol, it's my mom's name, just your child. It's just, I was the top speaker in the family reunions. They always had me to family reunions, and I have been the person who the family looked up to for guidance and stuff like that. So I think that was just amazing how I went from you need to get him out your house. Right. My uncle said that on his dying bed, he said how much he loved me and told me to take care of the family. And they still look up to me to this day. So wow. I, I really inspired me. Um, it seems like when you were younger, you dealt a lot with uh, failure and people calling you a failure or whatever. Um, how do you deal with failure now? Like, do you, do you still deal with it? Or is like, like, how do you respond to things not going the best that you think they should go? 
good question. But I dealt with failure last year. Uh, I worked at a job for uh, 10 years. I was the manager there, elections manager, making very good money. Um, our bonus checks was like over 3000 a month. Just just ridiculous money for doing something I've been doing forever. And um, all of a sudden, they call us in and say, you know what, we're closing down. You guys have so many weeks. They had the sheriffs there. I guess they thought it was going to shoot up the place. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, man, we've been here for a decade. You guys closing us down. And you don't have to have a cops here. We're not going to do anything. So I think that was a shell shock because although we were making good money and said we were never closed, we were very profitable, the company doing very well. Like you said before, you always have to have other planes to put all your eggs in one basket. So the way I deal with failure now and answer your question, I look at it in the perspective of it could be worse, you're still alive, you make you, you survive other obstacles. Um, I pray about it. I write a vision. I, I set goals. I um, network. I read. I study. I um, I keep going. No matter what's going on, I just keep going. I know that I'm not here just to be here. I'm here for a purpose. And I know some people wish they had my, uh, my opportunities. And for me, as long as I'm healthy and I can get up and do something, I'm going to do something about it. If I can't move, I speak in nursing homes. I tell them all the time, you're still here for a purpose. Don't leave here um, as if you didn't matter or bitter or rejected your family leaves you you here for a purpose there's still a plan for your life Jeremiah 29 11 says I have a plan for you not a harm you but give you an expected end so I have expectations to, to succeed I don't believe I went through all that just to be going through all of that and so what keeps me going the way I handle affairs I tell myself you can make it I, I sharpen my skills I try to find different other areas okay well this didn't work. Let me try this. And I'll be more smart. I'm going to save more and be more prepared. Okay. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, like just now, you mentioned faith and like all of that. Was that always a part of your life or did you like discover that around the suicide time or like how how did that work? How's that working in your life? Oh, cool. Well, I've always, we had to go to church on Sundays. I just went because I had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right down the street from my home. And so I think it was always a part of my life, but it wasn't a part of me, mm-hmm. if you will. I knew about it, but I didn't know of it personally. So I think it around the suicide part and to see how he blessed me with nothing and to, to raise me up. I knew that it wasn't nothing I did in my own because for me to be a bank manager, I could never even pass math. I could even do a fraction and to be able to speak when there was times where I was not even able to open up in public to anyone. And so I think to see miracles really stored my faith. I think that would play the major part of my life around the suicide, applying for the job, going to school and succeeding in class, and the relationship restoration. I think so. Faith really helps because if you don't have faith, you don't believe you're not going to work. So faith really encouraged me, even in failure, even in setbacks, even today. Like, you work on a job, and I like the job, 
but I have the faith to know that I, there are other areas that I'm going to conquer besides this one. So yeah, faith definitely is the suicide and the miracles. So things that happened that I had nothing to do with. Right. Had nothing to do with it. Really um, inspired me. Okay. And it seems like it doesn't seem like you told me you've accomplished a lot. Like you've gone from basically nothing to having something. Um, I think you still look young. You still look good. You're a young man. Um, what are your? Do you have any like other dreams or goals or things that you want to accomplish? Yes. Yes. Congratulations. I think that. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube, like different um, athletes and leaders. I'm watching Shaq, how he's no longer playing ball, but how he owns all these different restaurants and all these businesses. And he's making millions of dollars and he's retired from playing basketball. So I'm like, man, so my dream now is like to try to get back in shape to work with, let my better half be my best half. Just because you're getting older doesn't mean that you cannot still be youthful, you cannot be current. And so my dream now is to go back to school and get another degree in education. I have like 35 hours left. Um, one of the great things about the job I'm currently on, um, they have something called an outreach where we go out into the community and uh, speak about bank products and also sometimes have the opportunity to share my story about from poverty to not wealth, but being able to, to pay my own bills. Right, a form of success. A form of success, correct. Um, and then I joined that um, in one college. We met the dean there and said, you know, we offer a program now to adults who would like to go back to school. And if you're interested, here's my business card. And I think, I said, aha, maybe another miracle. Faith, believe. I don't think nothing's by happenstance. Mm-hmm. I think you help someone else and being in the right place at the right time, opportunity doors open for you and think, yes, sir, I'll look into that. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to contact him and go ahead and hopefully get that scholarship mm-hmm. for adults who want to return to school and get that degree. I want to write a book, and the name of the book is going to be Look Up and Live. And what I mean by look up and live is when you look up to God, when you look up and above your circumstance and what's going around you, you first have to look up. You first have to stand up out of it all, get up out the bed. When you want to lay there all day and sob and watch Netflix and eat, get up. And then you have to look up and get and receive that strength and receive that direction. Then you can live in the moment. And so I want to talk about looking up and living get up and then go forth in your goals go forth in what he calls you to be go forth in that dream go forth in that destiny no matter how old what age or stage of life so I want to write that book I want to get my degree get back in shape and I'll continue to um, impact the younger people who have so many the killings and all that and um, the rejection and the pain a lot of it is from just low self-esteem being cast out and let them know hey you still can make it you still have a purpose um, I remember in school the kids used to bully me inside the football team and try to um, do the sexual exposure I had at such a young age and um and a lot of kids these days they're sexually exposed to different things and we're looking at the fruit mm-hmm. but not the root the root is somebody could have done him something wrong someone right. could have abused him verbally physically and mentally a lot of mental illness is because people cannot focus and so to help them to look up and be like hey 
you need to have peace, you can make it. You are somebody. Get your mind right, help them get their thoughts right. So studying and reading and stuff like that. I love to go to schools. I went to I spoke at a junior, not a junior, we had junior high graduation, like eighth graders. Um I think last year it was very challenging to talk to kids, you know, who's graduating from middle school. And I thought about how I was expelled in seventh grade. And so that was an open door. And I believe those doors that are opening to talk to kids where I failed in, it's not just, oh, I love you. No, give me a second chance, but don't let people go down the road you've been here. Don't be ashamed. And so that's what I want to do now. It's just, Let's be the best half. Do that thing. Not hold back. Right. You go out with the bang. That's what I meant. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, yes, man. Thank you for sharing that with me, first of all. Like, I'm just being completely real. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that's a real important story. It needs to be told. Um, like I said earlier, from going from where you were to where you are now, all of the stuff in between is important. All of that, because there are other people out here who are dealing with stuff that's very similar. There are people out here who are dealing with one specific aspect of your story. And I think even them hearing the part where you apply five times and they told you no, and they said threatened to call the police. Like some people are dealing with that and they don't know how to pick up or go on from that because that is their only like that's what they want to do right that's their goal right and I think your perseverance your consistency and then getting the job and then proving yourself making the numbers being successful that's important that's important like you wanted it so bad and right when they right when it felt like everything was falling apart God intervenes and then he opened the door just a little bit so you could get in there and then you just bust it wide open and succeed with work ethic and numbers and hard work. Like, that's that's important. You said, I, I, I love that key, which is work ethic because faith in our works is dead. So right. Although I have the faith, I had to back over my works. I believe a lot of times, yeah, God will bless you and he will give you the opportunity, but I heard um, the speaker said, um, your gift would your gift would take you there, but your character would keep you there. Right. And so I think for me I had to learn how to maintain what I the thing I was getting. The maintenance part is the part I'm working on now. Like I'm getting the places, I'm getting open doors, getting opportunities, but how am I gonna maintain it? How am I going to be able to be effective in, in impacting if I leave this job or wherever I am, will they miss me? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Are you that effective? So impacting and so effective that if you if you leave, wow, we left, we lost something. It had to be just a big time, whatever. But you want to have the tight work ethic and the tight um, leadership. Whereas that company would know when you're gone, when you're absent. Right. You want to make an impact. You want to make an impact, and not just on the job, but on the people. On the people, because that's I think. I know for me personally, like, I've left jobs. This is, I'm young. I'm 25, but this is my third, like, corporate job. And every time I've left a job, they've been like, we're really going to miss you. Like, you you put in so much work. You are this level. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. we hate to see you go. But we, we know that we can't 
not that we can't compete with what you're going to, but like we know you deserve to move on to something else. Yeah. And I think I think you're saying the same thing where it's like you want to leave that much of an impact yeah. and like be that much of a resource to the job and the people to where who knows in two or three years they might need you again right they might call on you and have a different opportunity somewhere else right I think like that type of thing like you're saying like just being impactful and being the best you can at a job is important it's just just I think about two weeks ago my manager called me in and um on some numbers and some different reviews, and I was like, like I normally do. I'm about business. I'm going back into the office. Like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, bitch, sit down, sit down. I'm like, oh, okay. What's <laughs> <laughs> they always tell me I go too fast. I just relax. I'm like, I relax, but like you said, worth ethic and passion. When you have a passion like you, you have a passion for what you do, and that's why you're admired by many. Um, so like, okay, yes, sir. He said. Uh, We've watched your performance and what you do, that you've exceeded our expectations. And what he said to me was, you haven't exceeded mine. I always knew what you exceeded theirs. Mm-hmm. They exceeded them. And because of that, we're giving you breaks. Wow. I didn't ask for it. I didn't whine about it. I didn't tell them I'm leaving. They, asked, they brought it to me. Wow. That's and, awesome. um, I, right. And I said, Really? And um, so I was getting kind of full out because I didn't expect it. So, you know, um, so like you get a little emotional there. I said, I said, I'm really thanking God while you're talking. And I'm really, I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because those parts in your head or people around me say that uh, I don't care. You know, you, the negativity. And that's why I say you have to have an inner voice and an inner knowing. Like the old people say, you got to come with a man already in you wherever you go. And so for them to say, because they hardly ever said a great job or give me kind of reaffirmations or ever get any of that. Right. You know, it's just like strict work. And to say that you've been watched, that's what I'm saying. You never know who's watching. Right. You may not get the pat on the back every day. You may not get the, um, you do good old boy, but you can still be consistent. Like I love the scripture in Colossians 3, 16. Whatever you do, you do it unto the Lord. And he will reward you. Do whatever I do, I try to do it with excellence and do, do it my best. And I know it was him that touched him to say, We've been watching, right. we've noticed you've exceeded our expectations, and because of that, you're going to have this raise. Oh man, that's powerful. Yeah. That's real powerful. You know, so it goes back again to whatever you do, do it with your, all your heart, with passion, do it unto him. Believe in yourself. Do it with integrity, excellence. Work on your brand. Continue to maximize it. I'm always studying. I'm always reading different blogs and reading books. How can I be a better leader? I'm always reading something to better educate myself. You don't have to be in school to, to teach. As long as you're alive, you should always be learning. Um, you stop learning, um, you're dying. And so I think that's where I am now. I'm gonna learn more. I'm like a kid again. Where I didn't get then, I want to get it now. I know I'm a man. I know I'm an adult. But at the same time, whatever I didn't do, I'm gonna do it all I can now. Right. That's good. Thank you for listening to It's Larry G Radio, a podcast centered around story, motivation, and learning. I hope you enjoyed hearing Vince's story, and I hope it motivated you or you learned something new. 
If you'd like to speak to Vince or be a guest on the show, please email me at itslarrygcreations at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Larry G, and you can believe that.